evening, good afternoon, good morning, or whenever you happen to be listening to this, welcome to the Film Realist Podcast, the film and TV podcast from a complete nobody, that's me, Kyle Naranya, that is hopefully for somebody. Well, the people have spoken, I put out a poll as to what to review this week because of all of the strikes, fortunately the Writers Guild strike has come to an end, but currently it doesn't look like any of the studios want to deal with the actors, which is unfortunate because last I checked, can't make anything without the actual actors. You can write a hell of a lot, but you cannot film anything. All right, then. So it was between two things that I was curious to watch, which was Power Rangers Cosmic Fury, which is officially the end of the 30 year continuity or Castlevania Nocturne. The listeners said they wanted Castlevania Nocturne. So I can say next week. I'm aiming to do Power Rangers Cosmic Fury, and if my schedule allows for it, there will also be a review of, I should look up what this is called, Killers of the Flower Moon. So, fingers crossed that it's good. Who's to say I have not enjoyed the last couple of Martin Scorsese films? So, fingers crossed it's good. My wife, my wife. My wife. My wife. That is a voice. Uh, So, I am joined by longtime friend, Rain who actually watched a show before me. So huzzah, pop the metaphorical oh. champagne. The doctor is in. Okay, so I we haven't, because of the length of the podcast, haven't necessarily had the chance to talk about it yet on the record. So the benefit of talking about Castlevania Nocturne is it gives me an opportunity and rain to talk about Castlevania, the original series. So did you watch it all in a... Uh, binged all four seasons did you watch it periodically how did you watch the original show yeah so i think um god i guess i would have been in medical school when like the first season dropped whenever that was like the oh god uh we're 2023 so the late 2010s uh like yeah first season was 2017 okay yeah so that so totally i was in med school, you know, you're just trying to catch something quick on Netflix between trying to, like, sleep and eat and, like, get through your day-to-day. And uh, I think basically what happened was, like, you know, I'd heard I heard the grumblings, like, oh, video game adaptation on Netflix. And it was right around the time that, like, um, Daredevil had all that hype is like, oh, Netflix can do, like, cool things. And so I watched the first four, the first season. I was like, oh, this is, like, very different. It doesn't, like, you know, I've I've dabbled in the game, so I didn't really know what to expect. And it was like, okay, well, they're really, like, it's a really interesting, it was such an interesting directional choice with four episodes to try and introduce people into, like, the world, who the big bad guy is, and not even, and really make you really sympathetic for, like, the disaster that happens in that first season and um such a great setup and then so weirdly cut short as a season as well yeah four episodes yeah so it really like from the time that i watched it i I remember finishing the first season being like great where's the rest of it because you did such a good setup and i was like oh it's probably just like a little cartoon teaser for like a soon to be released video game but even if it is that's really good and uh, i think you know it took them what uh six to eight months for another season to pop out 
It was a year, so, just over a year. It was okay. so it was like yeah, fourteen months, July to October right. of twenty eighteen. Perfect. So Which you know, is just a enough substantially time. quick turnaround for animation. That's, for animation, that's wild. So they must have yeah. heard really soon that they can start off, or they had the plan out for it, and they're like, "We can start the second they say yes." Um, which is great because after that, I know I totally fell off the like the Castlevania boat. I, you know, like all my TV, as Kyle described earlier, I fell off the boat, and I feel like I caught snippets like. Oh, Castlevania, it's next season is out, this is out. And then I feel like I just, I would binge like a season at a time in the last three or four years um, to the point where I, I think it was last year I actually finished the fourth season of that first series. And it it's so wild how that show ends from where it begins because you think like just the way the show is structured. And then for them to have the gall to come back with another season I'm very happy to have another season. I love, like, I've always loved the way they've, uh, why they approach, like, the timeline of the world and that kind of stuff to make it make a lot of sense. So it's really, like, gratifying to go back to the show and be like, oh, cool. They've done something different with the show and the season all over again. I'm so excited. Um, and, yeah, so it's it's been weird for over, like, four or five years to, like, dabble in it and then finally come back and be like, Yes. Excellent. Into yeah, it. Yeah. I had a, a different experience where I, I think I'm remembering this correctly, where it was the f- I have to look at dates again because it's all jumbled in together. So it would have been. I think. Oh, so, yes, I can remember. So it was uh, during the end times, uh, also known as the pandemic, mm-hmm. where. Yes, I was symptomatic and waiting for a PCR results. And so I was isolating from my family and I, I want to look up dates for this. Cause I'm fairly certain I'm remembering this correctly. Cause it all kind of blends together. Oh uh, yeah. Um, God, those, t- those times certainly do. Yeah. Okay. March. And when did this end? So this was May. Yeah. No, I, no, I'm merging two things together. Anyways. Um, so I was waiting for test results for my first. Uh, so what wound up being negative, which was nice, but it was about 48 hours of. Got to kill time. And so yeah, got to kill time. I was up here in the in this podcast studio, a.k.a. my man cave. And the three seasons had come out. And I know a friend of ours, Dan, who plays every video game and watches everything ever made, uh, had said, it's great. Why haven't you watched this yet? I'm like, OK, fine. Netflix has always been the streaming service that I've paid the least amount of attention to. And I say having had to subscribe to watch very limited things on and off, it drives me nuts, but we'll get to Nocturne later. But I binged through season one and was same response. I think most people had it was like, okay, that was four episodes. Like I'm really hoping we get more. And then obviously being able to dive into two and two for me is really where it hit its stride and something that it's unfortunate that it turns out he's a piece of garbage allegedly, but Warren Ellis is writing really the way that he develops characters and the, the world evolves and expands from season to season. I think most people would agree. Season three of Castlevania might be its worst, but in that 
all of the setup that you then get in season four, like as a whole, it's so gratifying because similar to, I think shows like potentially things like euphoria where characters are just beaten down for most of the experience and you just want them to be able to succeed. Castlevania is a thousand percent that for Trevor Belmont where like Mm. nothing really goes right for him and Richard Armitage um, playing that character. It's so pitch perfect. And we talked about this before we started recording earlier that the casting alone for each and every character, there's so much character in the voice and how it matches. And the aesthetic of Castlevania is something I really appreciate where I can't seem to disconnect myself from this, which is it's similar to me to Avatar and Legend of Korra are clearly inspired by all the like family friendly animes mm-hmm. and then made in America where yeah. Castlevania is so in- clearly aesthetically inspired by the hard, mature, edgy side of anime and just bringing that to an American product. And since I've never played these games and the fact that I loved the first se- series and ultimately was cheering by the end of it because of all of the character development and spoilers for both of these shows. We're going to get into that um, with Nocturne more specifically in time codes for that will be listed. So don't worry. But in Castlevania, it ends with Trevor Belmont fighting a building size death voiced by Malcolm McDowell. Excellent. Which is it's just so... brilliant. Like it's, yeah. it's crazy. because after the second season, I think the, I think the biggest problem with the third season is the second season. They like serve Dracula up on a silver platter for the viewer. And they're like, yeah, we brought Dracula in in the second season. And you're like, cool. Hey, guys, that's kind of the that's whole it. game most of the time. Yep. And then uh, and then to go to like the third season and you're like, A, you split up the group that you've now learned to enjoy, to love, and like get that really great rapport with. But you're also now looking at um, how like you know how do you up the stakes when your stakes were like the guy and well, it you does all dealt the side story right you get all yeah. you get an entire group of vampires that ultimately don't really affect the story right cuz the the big macguffin is dracula's castle yeah, right yeah, you yeah. get all the forge mass like masters and stuff and it does it's just like season 3 is the lore dump of the yeah. whole show right it's and like then, let's yeah, let's develop the environment that like will set up our next crazy season, but we don't have the time in our third season to actually to like to flesh this all out. We need two seasons to do that. No, the best part of season three is Saint Germain played by Bill Nye. Oh, like that was so absolutely, great. Oh, so good. That character is amazing. Yeah. That, so needle- that, needless. Oh. Go ahead. Yeah, that final scene where they're in like the church with the monster and that like that scene is excellent. Really, like, that's, like, peak peak Castlevania right there. But you have to go through an entire season of Castlevania to get there. And not, like, like not like season two Castlevania. You have to get through, like, season one Castlevania. Yeah. And so, needless to say, I think most people, well, critically acclaimed for the most part, were excited about Nocturne. I remember when they announced it, I was very hesitant because... Mm-hmm. I was clearly excited because... I loved the original show. I, in my opinion, even though I did love Last of Us, I own that physically. 
on 4K. It's just over here to my left. Uh, unfortunately, there is not a complete box set of Castlevania because I would buy it, but it's available individually, but that's neither here nor mm. support physical media. Thanks, Best Buy. I don't know if you heard this <laughs> rain. Best Buy is not selling physical media starting very in 2024. Um, anywho, so excited. What are they going to fill their store with? I don't <laughs> It's You know what? If you go to one now, it's mostly like um, appliances and whatnot. Like it's more mm. like the accessory and appliance store now. And I was excited for this. The trailers were really good. And it's really interesting. Something I did today was I uh, spoilers ahead for Castlevania Nocturne was I watched the trailers to see now that I had context for everything, hmm. how good the trailers are. Yeah. And they are excellent. That's about what something I was really happy about. So big change. We've jumped forward like a couple hundred years, I think 300 and something years to the French mm -hmm. Revolution. And first off the bat, super happy that this was eight episodes because mm -hmm. you get a one of the elements that I really appreciated that I want to get into is that because of the length of this half an hour, about 30 minutes uh, and eight episodes. So ballparks to about four hours in, in total that. While the setup I found quite slow. Now, my viewing experience for this was a little bit different, which was when it premiered a couple weeks ago. I was in the midst of uh, concussion recovery, so that was difficult to watch. So I watched the first two and it didn't grab me. And I was immediately nervous because we're two in at this point in the original show. I was on I was in, on board. Yeah. We'd already seen Lisa get burned at the stake and Dracula. Yeah. Turn yeah, into a great giant setup. Oh, it was and the honestly having... one of the best setups ever. <laughs> it's, it's so good. And one of the elements that I really like in both of in this world is how invested the church is in the story. And we're gonna get to that with Nocturne, but specifically having them be an antagonist, and let's face it, there's a substantial amount of the population that would probably feel that way as well. But in giving it eight episodes the slow burn to kind of lay the groundwork for everything by the end of episode three, I was immediately decided that I was plowing through the show. So we get Richter Belmont who is, mm. I'm so happy. He was not just another Trevor. Yeah. He's somebody who's been raised properly to be a yeah. vampire hunter, right? We meet his mom, I have the names here because otherwise I know I would forget. Oh, God. Yeah. He is Julia's uh, son. Julia is his mother. And getting to see automatically what's different about the not more modern, but a closer to present timeline. And mm -hmm. I am so excited that we are likely going to have either. Actually, so I'm not sure about this, but I'd be very disappointed. Specifically, we get multiple villains, which is something Castlevania did not do till about season three, as we talked about earlier. Yeah, right? because it was all Dracula focused for two seasons. Yeah, it was it was all about even if there were other people under Dracula, it was still like, well, this is because of Dracula of Dracula. Right. And so getting introduced to or all, all the names are so difficult. But yeah, or rocks who immediately Everything he does as a vampire, I'm like, man, they do insane things. Oh, man. It's so cool. He turns into He's... a dragon. He's smoke. <laughs> he, I, so Leo was like watching the show with me 
for those that don't know, Leah is my partner. She was watching the show. She was reading her book, but like looking over it every now and then to be like, I'm not really paying attention, but I'm paying attention a little bit. And she's just like, why, why can that vampire turn into smoke and turn into this dragon thing? And why can I'm like, honestly, I have no idea what the rules are anymore. This guy is breaking every rule. And there I'm are kind none of with vampires. That's the thing it, I kind of love about it. It's like they can do pretty much anything except yeah. forge master. That's yeah, it. except that's the only rule. And I remember just like, and the whole time he's in the show, there's never a clear, like, he's might be one of my favorite, like, evil people. I can't even technically call him a villain. Because as you, like, go through the show, you're like, you're getting more and more interesting every episode that you're in. How weird. I know less and less every episode. And yet you're giving me more, so. Well, and the exploration of character is something that you tip one of the elements that I'm really appreciating in the streaming era is that you get this adult oriented animation programming and by no means like it has all the spectacle. It has all the gore, which I can appreciate in animation form. I don't find it as off putting when it's in a live action film, but that by no means limits the depth to each character. And Mm -hmm. As this show goes on, specifically with Orlrox, with Richter, with Maria, uh, specifically Tara, and even the yeah. Bishop, everyone has such substantial trauma. And yeah. you get to see each and every one of the characters struggle with this trauma. And to, we get to see post-traumatic stress with Richter. And again, we're in spoilers, who witnessed the death of his mother, which resulted in his disconnection from magic and what that Mm. means for somebody who clearly magic was around and following he's he's the protagonist he's the belmont of course and how each character's relationship has affected their trauma response it's mind-blowing again this is a video game adaptation that if you just had cool cool guys with deep voices killing vampires no one would complain (laughs) No, everyone would have been more than happy. That's what the been... first. This what the first series was about. Yeah, I'm a deep brooding guy who kills monsters. Yeah, and you killed my wife, so you get a year, and I'm gonna come kill you all. But mm-hmm. the fact that you have automatic from episode one, and I'm so glad I I decided to rewatch one and two before getting into the the rest of the series. But you immediately have this traumatic event that I would argue is Richter's true origin story. Mm-hmm. Right. And resulting him in going off to France. And one thing I found slightly humorous was contextually, I know everybody in America at this point probably still had British accents. But because we know he's in Boston, I yeah. kind of wish he had a Bostonian no. accent. No. It would have been so good. I kill vampires. Like it would <laughs> My mom was killed by a vampire. Yeah. Vampire. Yeah. Um, God, it'd be awful. It would have been awful, imag- but still. I'm just imagining the TV show that we were blissfully like saved from. Yes, and right, and how each of the vampires' relationships with each of the characters evolves as the show goes on. The main crux of this is that there is a revolution happening in France, the actual French Revolution that was happening around the same time as the Independence Revolution from the United States, and how 
in this context for the show's history that the bureaucrats in charge of France were also infested with vampires. And so they're going one-on-one with the people trying to fight the supernatural problem while also having an actual revolution from a political standpoint. And how, of course, that fits in with all of these vampires in, like, bouffants and white wig. Like, it's the visual aesthetic. It's perfect. It's The setting is, like, there is a certain magic to, like the thought process that must go on behind the setting and all this stuff. Like it's to, to think like, cool. So we need to place our next T, you know, our show in a new setting with a new time for people. And then on top of that, we're going to need to like make it make sense for, you know, after everything's that's happened. So sure. It should be a couple hundred years later. And you look at like the board of like, what's available. You're like, well, French Revolution is there. Wouldn't the vampires at this point kind of be mingled in and like share power with the wealthy and the elite? And you and you sit there and like the layering behind like the vampires aren't doing it because they like it. The vampires are doing it because that's how they've like survived and established themselves. And most of them hate it. And like that was the part that really made it stand out to me was like the honest vampires like, yeah, this sucks. I hate mingling with humans. I hate having to like back up the bureaucrat so I can live comfortably and feed on peasants. Like this sucks. I want to be in charge again. Yeah, and I, the the relationship that as a result the elite vampire leadership has to have with the uh, what the heck is his first name? Uh where is Bishop? Mm. Oh, with Emmanuel, the abbot. Yeah. Who's who's so twisted in his regard which is that so again, we're in full spoilers that he is Maria's father and but at the same time, he is a man of the cloth and sees a stop to the revolution in making an armistice with vampires as he is their forge master. And just the twisted nature and like, I think what I'm doing is good and that's his justification because it's for the greater good yeah. and how you get these such such found like Old Testament references with the sacrifice of Isaac to Abraham and the vampire Messiah coming forward. I have to say, I think that may be one of the aspects that doesn't work for me is that we do meet the Messiah. I think too late in the season, we spend a lot of time with her, like general who's kind of like, she's kind of like, um, a Koye, from Black Panther, if she was mm. insane and a vampire, of course. Mm. And that character's great. And getting to see that, I'm I'm obviously we're in full spoilers, so I'm sure we will get more of uh Sekmet in season two, because similar to season one of the first season, they are unsuccessful. Ultimately, <sighs> season one of Castlevania was about getting to Alucard, and we'll get there. But this being a failure and the fact that Tara sacrifices herself, she is the lamb. And mm. while I would say that's probably over the top in how they get to that point in saving Maria from being sacrificed to Sekhmet, which is an Egyptian God is really interesting. One of the elements, while I think it is executed well that I would like to get your opinion on is we know that obviously Richter gets cut off from magic when he witnesses his mom die to Orlocks. 
and mm-hmm. that Maria is using some form of witchcraft. And one of the elements I really appreciated is that it's so visually different from anything we saw see, uh, Sylvia do in the first season as a yeah. speaker, right? Like she has this yeah. animal port summoning portals. And when she used the one portal to like uppercut a turtle into the chin of the, it was so like the action design in this and the way that everything is choreographed is so, it's so captivating because at times it can be incoherent, but you never lose track of where everybody is. Yeah. And even at times it turns into just stop motion paintings. Yeah. And then sometimes it's like, wild like blocking shots in order to like eliminate one fight and gradually lean you back over into another fight that's occurring simultaneously and i wanted to bring up the church i wanted to talk about the church briefly because another funny thing happened (laughs) when leah was watching and she looks up and she's like that bishop guy sucks he's probably gonna betray them i'm like now now based on my experience in the first four seasons you know Sure, the church always sucks, but moralistically, they are also against the vampires, so therefore, he's very likely, he's, like, probably a good guy, and he just sucks naturally. So to find out that he was the Forge Master, which is, like, Leah sitting, she's like, oh, I told you, he sucks, and I'm just like, oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, he did suck. He did suck. But, (laughs) speaking of Forge Masting, we might as well get into it now. I was shocked with how... They decided, no, we're going to dive into what it means to be a night creature. That yeah. was an element I was not expecting. We get the death very of, interesting, right? We get we meet Ed, like Edward and um, their names are all also here. who is the voice actor for Edward? Because was he also was he voice acting and operatic singing? Because uh, give that guy an Emmy is all I'm saying. Just because... for singing. Yeah. Just for singing. Sydney just James the... Harcourt. And yes, he is. So he was in Hamilton oh. and I'm Not Gay, a musical. So yes, he's a off-Broadway actor. So yes, clearly can sing. Um, oh my God. But... Just so. Mm. Well, and the character dynamics we get from Edard or Edward and their names are all moved around here. And I don't like the organization of um the form uh, the the she can earth bend where the heck is her name oh her name isn't tara no tara is the annette annette annette, annette. right and we we introduced we're introduced to them so quickly and that was i remember the first time i watched it like okay you've already introduced me to way too many characters for this yeah but the fact that you have their relationship where them two they're two black americans and how they are what their experience has been in the united states yeah and obviously or even the well they're from the caribbean right so like yeah they're part of like where slavery in at least the north american caribbean ways like was the worst for america's sake yeah and getting to see one of the elements that i commend both these shows on is the level of and again this is coming from two cisgender heterosexual males but Absolutely. in the representation has always been a part of both of these shows. And it's just a matter of fact in all that, like we, we didn't talk about it, but Orlocks, if anything is, is um, bisexual. Yeah. Now he does not talk about that specifically. So at, at minimum he's, he's homosexual. He's gay. 
mm-hmm. because of his relationships and we know about a past lover, but I don't remember specifically if it says what the gender was of his past lover. He's, he said does, he. Does he say he? Okay. He and says he, and he was very clearly uh, Native American. Yeah. And uh, his Which I thought was also really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Such and an he, interesting villain. Man, every time I think about that guy, I'm like, that's a villain that should be in every TV show. He's so good. And well, and that actor, I don't know if you looked it up. He was also in, he was in Reservation Dogs, which is incredible. Oh. It's on Disney Plus. And he was also in Hawkeye and will be in Echo when that comes out. He was oh, the, very cool. the uncle of Echo. So he's been, he's get, been getting his work. And I think brings a lot of authenticity to that character specifically. And again, yeah. her, the, 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 the amount of perspectives we get in this show with Tara being a refugee from Russia and what she's experienced. Mm. And she has had an initial relationship with losing her sister to as uh, There's a lot of Sekhmet or whatever. Yeah. The yeah. Egyptian <laughs> God. And so yeah, building yeah. to that as the ultimate big bad villain, is really interesting specifically with like what it pushes through the Abbott where it's like, dude, you're supposed to believe in one God. And like <laughs> this, this chick's just straight up saying she is one. And yeah. just the dichotomy of everything he's doing clearly at the end of it comes from him just wanting to save the two people he actually loves, which I find really interesting. Mm-hmm. And we t- uh, speaking of uh, familial connections like Richter's mom dying and that being the trauma that he's dealing with. Well, I'm glad he got over the death of his mom in this season. And this is not to take away from the scene where he goes com- Super Saiyan because it mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. incredible. And I have had mm-hmm. that piece of the score by Trevor Morris and Trey Toy on my mm-hmm. phone pretty much on repeat all day. It's a phenomenal sequence, and I believe Trevor Morris also composed the score for Castlevania. I love where it comes from, but I'm hoping that it's that does not mean that that specific relationship he has is put to bed, specifically because he does try to uh, ultimately kill Orlox and isn't successful because Orlox just likes toying with him for some reason and meeting his grandfather, which I love how that's not even a part of what ultimately no. reignites his his connection to magic. And Ian Glenn, so Jorah of Mormont for you Game of Thrones fans, or Bruce Wayne from Titans for you mm. Titan fans, is such a great, I don't give an F grandfather to this guy. It's And I love how his look, his aesthetic, in my mind at least, is like old Oliver Queen from like the Dark Knight Returns era. Yeah. You know what? Like yeah, if, he does have that look. And if the, he had the, one the... arm, it would have been the same person. But he's like, I'm done with this man. Like he has lost everything, and I think that being a mirror for Richter Belmont's character, and just with some simplicity, a connection to kind of where Trevor was when we met him at the yes. beginning of Castlevania. Like yeah. everything that mattered in the original gets at least mirrored, or not, or if if not mirrored, there is symmetry to that in this show. Yeah. It gets, it gets like reexamined in the show, a chance for everyone to like reflect on it. Yeah. And the investment in having seen the previous, I think you could still watch this not having seen the original series. I wouldn't recommend it, but I think watching that certainly made it a more gratifying experience. And so (laughs) 
This was one thing you did tell me because when you did finish this for me, you're like, there has to be a season two. I'm like, okay, yeah. like it'll be interesting to see where it ends. Like when they were trying to mm-hmm. push the Forge Master's machine back into hell, I thought, okay, well, if there's still an army of night creatures, and yeah. again, exploring the humanity in that and them almost reigniting their souls was really interesting. And I'm certainly yeah. hoping that doesn't get dropped because <sighs> there's a ton of that to to be uh, explored later on with Eddard. And the other guy who we who uh, who Maria knew, who was one of he's one of the people at the very first revolution meeting. Yeah. Which is. Yeah, that that reflection, the reflection in that episode where they talk about um, like at right at the end when things like when they have like the night creatures that talk. And that was something that was always skipped over in the last series. Right. Like it was like they're just night creatures. No part of what they were before they were night creatures is there. It's not up for discussion. But to actually have, like, an interesting, developed kind of, like, side aspect to it is so great. It adds so much potential to where another season could take you and what's out there for another season. It's just, ah, it's a magnifique. It cannot be beaten. It is excellent. Specifically with the relationship that Emmanuel the abbot has made with Sekhmet and like him being their forge master you need me what does that mean for this army he's supposed to be supplying if you have somebody on the inside who might be systematically reigniting the consciousness within what were you right they were essentially just feral animals right they were just minions for the other forge masters we'd seen before and I'm curious if we'll get to see more of that with Emmanuel because we have seen Forge Masters in the past turn their armies on who are supposed to be their caregivers. And then ultimately, let's I think we can get to the conclusion, which is things go all awry. And I don't know. So Orlox's lover within the church in this season is in my brain. I just wanted to keep calling him the French uh, Sheriff of Nottingham. (laughs) I don't know if you felt similar about that guy. But that's I, how... <laughs> I think that's a really great way of describing him because I was just like, yeah, the French religious guy. Yeah, that guy. He was like, he was a background character for four episodes, for like three episodes. Then he was sleeping with like my favorite villain. So I was like, I guess he's a guy. And then all of a sudden, like the episode before last. Oh, now he's a character. I see. Now I'm going to have to untangle this web. Great. Well, and he's part of he's, the crew now, right? Like, that's the yeah. thing. It's... But he was, like, he was the only person that I, like, by the time we finished the show, I'm like, yeah, we did not maybe cover enough of you. Like, yeah. we got a little bit of everybody, but, like, to kind of flip it on its head, like, then they tried. I'm not saying the show did a bad job. He's the only character I just feel like we didn't get, like, a solid flashback or a vital piece of, like, the moolah, that the, the glue that holds it all together, it just wasn't there. Well, he's the simplest, right? He's a character who believes in the abbot and believes him to be this honorable man of the cloth. And mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. realizing this guy is not who I've signed up for, right? Like he's yeah, he's he's fathered a daughter. Okay, like that for I find it comical that that's the straw. <laughs> that's, like that's yeah, the thing that breaks. He's him. summoning night creatures and you know, <laughs> literally. J- selling souls to hell and creating yeah. these demons on earth but it's for the yeah, good of the church but he yeah, had that's a daughter so... yeah oh no 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 it's, yeah, boy, it's, boy. Such, it's the hypocriticism is quite is quite funny but 
given the the team we have at the end of this where Tara is now a vampire, right? She sacrificed mm. herself. We talked about that earlier. And Maria uh. and, and Annette and Richter just essentially fleeing for their lives because of the eclipse and being saved by Alucard. There is it was perfect. Like as soon as so the sword much. showed up, I'm like, it has to be Alucard. Who else would this be? <laughs> There's no one else. No, it's it's a great ending that kind of adds to things are like it's it's almost like revitalizing like they've eaten their their kind energy bar not a sponsor yeah and like they're ready for round two yeah they're all which set. Would be really interesting i'm very curious because we didn't really have any belmont mentors in the previous season i Ooh. feel like juice or just by ian glenn like grandpappy belmont He's too mm-hmm. good a character not to use again. So I'm hoping he shows up maybe just at the end, like Han Solo mm-hmm. style, because there are items of the Belmonts we have not seen again, right? Like yeah. the whip we see and we get to see Richter put on his headband and that moment is awesome and metal, but we haven't seen Richter, Trevor's sword, that um, dagger that was the kill, the kill death. The death. I think, right? I think at the end of the season, I think at the end of that season of um, of Castlevania, like he drops the the flail, he drops the the mace or you know the chain whip, he drops it, and I think that's kind of a symbol. Just like, yep, yeah, that's like that's God. It's just not going to exist anymore. Like it, it's so. It hurts me to say that I feel like we're just not going to see things. Well, there may be, but at the same time, oh. if we know the Belmonts have continued their mission against vampires and the yeah. supernatural, I would not be surprised if if Alucard is there. What ha- because we know in the previous show, again, a couple hundred years ago, that they yeah. turned Dracula's castle into this sanctum for and with the library, the Belmont library. Yeah. They're certainly going to need to do, pun intended, I guess, like supernatural. Like we've got to go to the Men of Letters, or we need, yeah. like, we got to we got to go back to the the Belmont Estate. We need a Lord, oh, so right? Oh, so you think they're gonna? There'll be like a half a season of them following Alucard back to like probably what's the ruins of Dracula's castle? Exactly, and like the that's old my Belmont guess. Estate. Yeah, mm. right, because they like. Okay, yes, you know, you know, you need to like, I guess we can get this is like wrap it up with speculation for two. Yeah. So we know they've got to get rid of the Forge Master's machine, which typically was like a hammer and stuff. This is a full. Yeah. It was cool as hell. Yeah, they were. Yeah, we'll we'll talk. We can talk more about that because I have questions. Right. And then. Yeah. Even because I she's something is up with Sekhmet. Clearly, she's doing something like next level to actually be if it's not the moon she's putting something in the way of the sun but (laughs) yeah there the whip typically even when enhanced with magic from from richter was doing nothing so there needs to be something there's there's going to be i believe some sort of macguffin whether it's hey we need to kind of like john wick 2 like they need to (laughs) sort of fight their way out of france and get to wherever um I should look up what this place is. Where was the place? Because the Castlevania was in. It was like started with a W. Where was it? It was in Wallachia. Oh, Wallachia. Right. Right? Which is like, I'm guessing like Romania. Yeah. 
So yeah. I guess they would go east. They'd go east. They'd go east. Right? Yeah. So they've got I I would wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of like licking our wounds, kind of try surviving a journey to where like to the stronghold. That yeah. would be my guess. Maybe for the first half and then like, all right, let's arm up. Maybe we meet some other people along the way that we've seen before. I Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe there's descendants of the people that, like, originally settled at that location. And then, mm-hmm. like, Alucard's like, I've been living as a ghost among the peasants for, like, 200 years, happily. Just killing vampires. Like, I yeah. was the unknown, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Like, we... One thing that they touch on really briefly is that I guess the the forge is constructed through Lycian, which is I don't know the Inukian. In- yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Right, which is the language of hell. How does an abbot read that? Like, I'm sorry. So, he, so, Latin, so okay. <laughs> so at one point, somebody mentioned something like, "Oh, you had to sell. You had to like." give something to a devil in a demon in order to get what you needed to create demons or something like that. There was some line like that. And I remember like sitting there being like, I should have subtitles on. I really could have used that information. (laughs) And I, and this is where again, Lee and I have very differing opinions. I hate subtitles. I I, I can't stand them unless I really need to know, like if there's a turn of phrase that matters. Yeah. So typically that I, that I get, but even still, like, ooh, subtitles. Yeah. Ooh. Um, but sure. yeah, so so it kind of sounds like he was he built the machine through the context of like hell gave him the blueprints for the machine. Yeah, but in how the he, uh, Necronomicon or whatever book we see. It, yeah, oh. and then the question is like, so how did you get your hands on the on the book on the quote unquote tools in the book needed to like run that machine. And that's where like my, all my questions come from. And everyone was just kind of like, yeah, you can't just destroy it. It has to go back to hell. It's just like, well, who's the book says that. Yeah. And you're the only one that can read the book and now you're gone. Uh Oh, it yeah, feels like true. this is a bad situation. When like specifically Maria has gained a father, lost a father, lost her mother. Like mm-hmm. the trauma, the trauma bucket's just getting fuller and fuller. I yes. think just kind of wrapping things up. I I'm curious what you think about this. I think season two, similar to the original, will be we will wrap up Sekhmet, and that because we know or all rocks is going back to America. Yeah, I think seasons three and four, or at least season three. Fingers crossed is about Richter going back to America to kill Orox. That's my guess. Ooh, interesting. And then maybe I mean, they kill God in season four. Yeah, <laughs> they just you know God just gets taken out. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very good guess. I I don't think it's without its uh, merits. It's a good well, guess. We will see. Season two fortunately has been announced, so fingers crossed we get it in like a year. Because clearly those were some animatics. It wasn't just like, oh, surprise that this was successful. Uh, unlike Master of the Universe Revelation, which if you haven't checked it out, I recommend it because that was a franchise I did not care at all about. Mm. And it was dope. And I can't wait for Revolution. Rain, thank you so much for being on the podcast. 
Thank you so much for having me. I know it was uh, disorganized as as heck, but you know, so much so much to talk about in that show. Like it's yeah. it's absolutely worth the watch, especially if you've seen the previous. You'll obviously watch it, but even starting from the first season, like I was trying to explain again to Leah, like oh, the first season has like the first four episodes are like this weird setup, and all of a sudden you're like highly invested in like a strange adventure to kill dracula and then it just like like diving down that rabbit hole is so much fun again and again and again i wish i had a lull in my viewing schedule because then i could rewatch <laughs> castlevania but i just i don't have one i can't um, believe i i mean i'm happy to i was glad i was able to knock out nocturne because it is so short and it's so digestible but god damn like, it's just going to be so hard for me to watch. We finished, like, completely off-tangent, but we just finished Russian Doll the first season last night. And we were really into it. And then it got a little creepy at the end, and we stopped. <laughs> and Leah's like, I'm done. We're done. Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> that's funny. Well, so that's not a recommendation for Russian Doll. Uh, uh, <laughs> it is a recommendation for me. I loved it. <laughs> All right, there you go. The doctor's approval. So, yeah, as I said at the beginning of the episode, next week will be of Power Rangers Cosmic Fury. Another 10 episodes, half an hour long. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they wrap up 30 years of canon. I can say I have pre-ordered my Master Morpher. So if you know, you know. And other than that, you can follow me on the socials at Kyle underscore Naranya on Twitter is the only public one. And I guess threads, my Instagram is private, and, but you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, hive threads, Facebook, YouTube. I, of as usual, I am putting questions at the end of all of my Spotify episodes. So if you listen to on Spotify, there's always a question embedded there in for you. It might be, who is your favorite version of Dracula this week? I think that's what I'm going to put in this week's episode. So you look, can look forward to all the fun shenanigans. I have no idea what I'm going to do for promotional material for this episode. So make sure you're following. I just posted a TikTok where I was debating the superpowers in Paw Patrol. So you can check that out. And if you want the extended version of that, you can, of course, listen to the audio podcast on all podcast platforms. This has been Kyle Naranya, the film realist, joined by special friend Rain. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope to see you next time. Bye.